When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Rick and Morty season seven is over, but we are just getting started here on Post Show Recaps. That's right. It's full spoiler recaps where we are binging a new season of a show every week and chatting about it in full spoilery detail in just one podcast. I'm Jess Sterling. Today we are discussing Rick and Morty season seven. And of course, I'm joined as always by my space traveling partner, Grace Leader. Grace, oh, oh, geez, Jess. Oh, geez. Oh, oh. Hey. I'm not going to belch on a podcast because I don't think people would like oh, that. Come on, you always belch on podcasts. Come on. <laughs> uh, and of course, we're not alone. We're joined by a very special guest, uh, DM Philly. Philly, how are you? I'm so good. It's Grace and Jess. Grace and Jess for 100 years. Grace and Jess forever. I think you Great. might be the most Rick, uh, Philly. Just I'm pretty. The, I think you're the Rick. most. Yeah. 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 I, so, yeah. yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's anybody which, anybody, you know, we don't need to do this. It's like, I love when people are like, <laughs> I know. I, it's like when people are like, which one of the six friends characters are you? It's like, I think there's more archetypes than just the six friends characters. No, that's it. Those are all that's the all six types of human beings. Yeah. 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 That's <laughs> really nailed it. Myers friends personality. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, you don't wow. have to be Rick or Morty, basically, is what I'm saying. I'm more Morty than Rick, I think. Well, yeah. You mean? Oh, geez. Oh, no. Oh, geez. If you're listening closely like, oh. to like most of what I'm saying, I'm much more like Rick than I am like Morty. I think I'm <laughs> yeah. a little bit like nihilistic, hopeless. This is why I very notoriously don't watch a lot of comedy. I love my Rick and Morty. It's yeah. just like morbid and nihilistic enough to like scratch all my itches, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't. I I knew this about, somehow that you're a big Rick and Morty 
person. I mean, we play D and D in space, so I feel mm-hmm. like I don't know. Do. That, you know, uh, there's a lot of Rick and Morty ish, uh, you know, vibes to that sometimes. I feel like, but yeah, when we knew we were doing this, we were just like, yeah, Rachel, come on. I had not confirmed fully that you were a Rick and Morty person, but I could just feel it. I'm locked in. Yeah. Uh, I if you listen closely to any of the stuff that I do in tabletop role playing games, any of the games that I run as a DM, you will often hear me fall back to a default Morty. Like when left without any right. options, and you catch me looking for an NPC like right on the spot it's like oh geez oh geez oh, yeah, sure. yeah. Uh, so like keep your eye out Grace. <laughs> so i know yeah uh before we get too far down the black hole that is rick and morty uh don't forget to subscribe pusherrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps of course if you want to see anything and everything we have going on here at pusher recaps you can go to pusherrecaps.com slash subscribe and of course if you haven't watched rick and morty first of all How'd you stumble into this podcast of season seven coverage? Oh, jeez, how'd I end up here? Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, go watch it. He, you could catch it. It's the first six seasons. There, there's there's Max, there's Hulu, and of course, it originally airs on Adult Swim. Uh, so those are the various ways you could check out this show. Um, but yeah, maybe we should start before we do the quick plot recap, because we're s- covering the seventh season. Um, we might want to start out with like a bit of our history with the show. So Grace, do you want to kick things off? What's your history with Rick and Morty, which originally started 10 years ago at this point wild. in 2013? Yeah, that is wild. Um, I went, went back and looked at TV time, which is the app I use to track all the TV I watch. Uh, Haley Strong mm-hmm. laughed pretty hard at me when I told her I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like oh my god you don't hang on post a recaps too much because we talk about which one we're using not whether we're using one um and it turns out i've watched the first two seasons and i've watched now season seven so it's been a little while i've been away i will definitely say that some of the lore it's like i mean enough of the lore i'm like on the internet enough to like know like oh yeah, yeah. that's a Rick and morty thing you know um this is really weird but in the uh we run on the discord like a brant steel game um and uh, rick and morty i believe is unlocked as one of the shows you could like draft survivors to and so mr poopy butthole has played like brant steel survivor mm-hmm. in the Discord. so like yeah i don't know whether he i think he might have been in seasons one or two but i don't honestly can't really remember like which what what have i seen on the show what if I like just know from osmosis? I had a really fun time jumping back into it. It doesn't all work for me, but the stuff that does work, I'm like, boy, this is this is pretty good. It's pretty funny. Um, and I'd be excited to go back and fill in the gap here at some point. But uh, for now, I'm pretty delighted with what I got to see this season. So, yeah, I I watched Rick and Morty. Uh, I started with it originally when it first started airing. A huge Dan Harmon fan love community. Obviously, this being like you know there's a character that's on an episode of community that is pretty much mr meeseeks like essentially one for one um so i i watched the show in the beginning i believe i fell off around season four i think if i'm not mistaken is season five the season where all the chicken mcnugget scandal thing happened the szechuan sauce there's a szechuan sauce scandal szechuan sauce hype i think was season five so i think that's where i stopped watching like i remember the szechuan sauce episode and having watched Watched it. So in preparation for this podcast, a few weeks ago, I started rewatching the show from season one. Now, oh my I, God, Jess. Did you? Wow. Did no, you do no, it? No, 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 no. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. 
I only am in so wild and nuts. Okay. I tried my best. I ended up getting all the way through season five. And then like wow. we were coming up on this podcast like a few days ago. And I was like, I just don't have the time. I'm watching so much TV. And now this is keep in mind. Like I, when I was doing the rewatch portion, I like have it on. I'm like playing a video game. You know, I'm Check like monitor hanging content. around. Yeah. 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 Um, and because a lot of it I remembered. So then I, I ended up watching a recap of what happened on season six so that I would have the knowledge of like what's going on going into season seven. I actually ended up watching the season six finale because sometimes there are like repercussions that bleed into the next season. So like I'm pretty, I'd say pretty caught up and up to date on Rick That's and Morty. pretty caught up. I tried my best. I really did. And the reason is. I, I generally like the show, so I was like, I don't mind. And they're like 20-minute episodes, so there's always, you know what I mean? They're like, they're light, they're breezy, you could speed through them. Um, but I have to assume that, Philly, you are the most well-versed in the Rick and Morty universe of the three of us. I really love Rick and Morty. And Rick and Morty, I think, is one of these properties that's a bit of a lightning rod. Because like my beloved Star Wars, I think there's a very outspoken contingent of the fandom that gives everyone a bad rap. And so mm -hmm. I think that sometimes it gets some like bad vibes around it. And I don't talk about it as much as I might otherwise. But it's a really smart show, right? Like, you guys have both heard the rap of like, no, no, you think you like Rick and Morty but you don't even understand half of what's going on here. And this is part of like the bad rap guys. Let people enjoy Rick and Morty as they enjoy it. I just think it works on so many levels. There's, you know, the whole like canon meta that is running through six seasons is very fun for long form TV fans like us that like a big, deep interconnected story. They were like on the bleeding edge of all the multiverse stuff, which we are burned out on now in 2023. But it's so just tragic and nihilistic and existential and like it's humor it's just so like dreadful it's it's simultaneously just like ridiculous and incredibly stupid while being like wildly smart in its commentary on like our current social dynamics the state of the world late stage capitalism like there's just so many levels i think that this show works on and i find it really rewarding to like go back and rewatch. so i've seen the first five seasons probably like a bunch of times it's a pretty consistent like a second monitor content show for mm -hmm. me six and seven i haven't dove it into that much i tend to like a lot of the like ridiculous concept episodes of like the robot ferret casino vibe and like me seeks the uh, mr poopy butthole notoriously is like season two i think total rickall with like all the aliens in the building the parasites like i love it i think when rick and morty is good it is extraordinarily good and mm -hmm. it's definitely the like dan Harmon property that has like landed with me the most right um so it's fun yeah. show it's fun to come back to it you know yeah i actually think that's a really fun segment that like just you you know like one of the first projects you did really on Pusher recaps was community building mm -hmm. um a dan Harmon property and then this is sort of like the other thing that he's pretty famous for it's kind of fun yeah i told and i totally agree with you philly like the for me, the episodes that work the best, and this is also like a similarity with community, is a lot of times like the high concept ones, right? Where they go all in, they pick one thing, and they just go all in on it. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting and different, right? Like you just – you don't see another television show doing what they're doing. And I do think, I will say, like to spoil a bit of my thoughts on season seven, there are a few episodes I feel like that are really, really good in this Elite. season. like. Yeah absolutely like all timers that i feel like they break the mold and that's what the show is always so good at doing is breaking the mold um but before we have to talk through one more thing before we get into the quick plot recap and it is of course 
they had some recasting um for anybody who wasn't aware uh justin roiland who was co-creator alongside dan Harmon, he was let go he was previously for the first six seasons the voice of not only uh rick but also morty he has now been replaced and we now have two new uh people voicing rick and morty we have harry belden voicing morty and ian cardoni uh voicing rick i will say the main thing I noticed was that the first thing that triggered my mind to be like, I should probably Google this because this sounds a little weird. Morty was the one that stood out to me. I actually thought Rick was mm-hmm. like still the, the same guy. Um, but once I Googled it, I was like, oh yeah, okay. I could kind of hear the difference now, but overall, I don't really think it, it didn't dampen my enjoyment of the season whatsoever. I will say, I don't know if you, either of you disagree. I thought it was really close, you know, and I think Morty is a character that's like, uh, you know, it's it's all obviously a big parody of Back to the Future and you have the Morty Marty and the Doc Brown of it all. But uh, Morty is like growing up to an extent. So like that like sure. slight shift in his voice didn't phase me at all. It got me with some of the peripheral characters because Royland did a lot of voices and like Mr. Poopy Butthole, yeah. like notoriously, we're coming in episode one with him there. And it's very funny that we have to talk seriously you know, about Mr. And say butthole. Mr. Poopy Butthole over yeah. and over again. <laughs> <laughs> but Mr. Poopy Butthole's voice was like the one that got me. And I saw a lot of pushback. I think season seven, a little controversial in terms of people's uh, opinions of it. I know season six got lambasted a bit for like uh, not holding up the quality of Rick and Morty that some people expected. But I'm with you, Jess. I think there were some real like high water episodes in season seven. Some of these really blew me away. And the voices mm-hmm. didn't phase me too much. Uh, beyond like a couple of the peripheral characters that I'm like, okay, that's different moving on. No big deal. Yeah. That's what I wanted. It's like, it's in fact, you know, no big deal. And, and not that anybody was implying this, but it's so worth it to not have oh, Justin on the show anymore who, if you know, yes. you can look up what happened, but it's, you know, essentially like reaching out to minors. It's awful step abusing his power. Rightfully is not on the show anymore. So completely worth it to re to recast it. Yeah. For me, I, literally couldn't have told you anything different. I mean, it's I've been so long away from the show that maybe if I had watched season six going into season seven, most of it noticed a difference. Absolutely, you know, no effect on on me whatsoever other than being like, oh it's interesting that it's different. I don't really, you know, mm-hmm. sounds like sounds like I don't I wouldn't more. have noticed yeah. if it had been a while since I had watched it. I had yeah. just recently had binged yeah, so sure. much of it that like yeah. I my ear was attuned to it. I may be uh, out like, myself, no, but ahead. they're like no. in a perpetual dialogue in my mind. Like I can hear right. Rick and Morty at any given moment rattling around in my head. So it was like a little apparent to me, but sure. I talked a lot this year about like recasting characters and how I feel about that. And in 2023, we're in this weird space where like, we don't have movie stars anymore. Right. We have like characters that are stars of franchises, but I think it's part of the strength of working in an animated format like this. I mean, like, you know, Jim Henson could only do Kermit's voice for so long, right? Like you gotta like move mm-hmm. on sometimes. And that's, the beauty of uh the immortality of an animated character i think that like you can shift gears and like keep them alive indefinitely you know well what's funny like not funny i don't know but it's like you know really great for the show that he created such you know prolific voices that people were doing impersonations of rick and morty forever to the point where i believe one of the people who got hired was just like known for how good his Morty impression. Mm-hmm. I believe it's the Morty guy, right? It could be wrong. It might be the Rick guy. Um, but one of them gets hired on the back of basically like, yeah, you've been just doing this on like TikTok and like, you know, whatever. Yeah. So we'll hire you. Um, the piece, Jesse, were saying earlier about the way that the show can sort of go all in. And the thing is like, yeah, I think animated TV, it's funny because animated TV kind of has like two separate things it's known for, which is like children's television or like 
adult television. And this, I think, more firmly fits in the the latter um, than than the former. You know, I'm thinking of stuff like Ren and Stimpy and what in South Park. This history of like stuff that actually like your my parents didn't want me to watch. And Rick and Morty sort of fits in that mold. But it's uh, that's the advantage that uh, an animated show can get is is being able to use the medium. Like this is the perfect show. Like this show is wildly expensive as a and, and some of the stuff doesn't even like it wouldn't work right in a in a live action television right. show. This show could only be done um uh in in an animated format and then the way that it um it can go all in it's because it's animated so you can make a world full of you know whatever rather than it being like the normal world that we typically see right so oh. it's like yeah, that's the beauty yeah. of the well animated genre yeah, speaking of Philly, you had mentioned Total Rickall from season two. That's basically uh, the episode where they're <laughs> they're all like, oh, this person's been here this whole time. And they keep getting wilder and wilder and zanier and zanier characters just like popping Pencil up. Pencil yeah, I've been here the whole time. And you can't do that in a in an, a live action show. Like you need the show to be animated to have all these random things popping up like that. And it's it's like it really is a show that feels like it, it feels in many ways like the episode, the show that came after Community for Dan Harmon. Oh, you know what I mean? for sure. It's it's like the next iteration of those concepts in such a bold way. Because you're doing both where you're stripping it off network television and then the freedom of animation like you two are talking about. I mean, I've covered a couple of animated shows in the last few years on PSR. And some of them are absolutely astounding. I mean, I think Arcane's the best show of 2022 or 2021. I don't remember time. Um, the, even like the Clone Wars, like Star Wars stuff. I think that like so many people just won't look at a property because it is animated. But like I'm here to tell you right now, like Scavengers Reign on HBO, yeah. one of the best things I think that came out in 2023, right? And like it's easy to gloss over those pictures and not phase it, especially if you're not somebody that's like um, inclined to like dig into anime or read comic books or dive into animated stories. I mean, what if is happening with the Marvel MCU? It's the best marvel thing that they've done i think in a few years like pretty unambiguously at this point so the power of animation it, it like frees them to make this show this is a non-existent mm -hmm. property if it's not drawn and they don't have this kind of creative liberty it allows them to do crazy stuff like the attack of the numericons you know um yeah yeah, yeah. Um, all right, Grace, I think we're ready. Would you like to give us the really, I'm um, what I'm sure is going to sound, uh, wild and gibberish, uh, quick plot recap <laughs> yeah. for anybody who didn't watch the season. Yeah. I'm basically just going to give you the headline for each episode. Rick and Morty get up to various adventures, including, but not limited to holding an intervention for Mr. Poopy butthole, Rick swapping minds with Jerry, saving Virginia, which is for lovers from being mind controlled, causing a planet to create spaghetti out of people who commit suicide, take on Rick prime with the help of evil Morty Rick's audits, Morty's adventure list. Summer gets an attribute slider that ends up combining her and Morty into the same person. Numbers and letters have to force up to take on the infinity symbol. Rick tries to harvest unlimited energy from Valhalla and Rick and Morty enter the fear hole and have to face their biggest fears. And that's basically what happened on Rick and Morty season seven to put it simply. Jess. Yeah, no. it's listen, we got 10 episodes and this is the great thing about Rick and Morty is like, theoretically, you can really jump in wherever, right? You could watch mm -hmm. any episode at any time. Obviously, there are running things that are going to happen. We'll talk through Rick Prime and, and what th that means that that seemingly storyline has ended now. Um, but yeah, the, the great thing about Rick and Morty is you truly can kind of jump in wherever you want. Um, and so see me, I mean, I guess we could kind of jump in wherever we want with, with this, uh, with this, uh, season of the show, but I will say the big standout for me, Philly 
in a, a move that I feel like makes sense for Dan Harmon is like, we're wrapping up the Rick prime story halfway through the season, which that's been a multi-season arc that for those who don't remember, Rick prime is like the evilest of the evil Ricks. And he is the one who is responsible for Rick's late wife, Diane and Beth being killed, which causes Rick to then go into a different alternate dimension where he can live with Beth uh, and, you know, all of that nonsense. So how did you feel about them wrapping up the Rick Prime storyline so early in the season? I loved it. I mean, I think that this whole season, the big takeaway for me is like, it's a little ditty about Rick and Diane, you know, like it's such, Diane is such an important character. She's so central to Rick's whole origin story, like the trauma, right? This is like the original wound that sets him on this path of debauchery and mad science. And I just think that bringing her forward as a character like this is something I didn't expect. And that may be naive, but I felt bold. Like when you're playing with these kind of pieces in like the pre-continuity of of your story and like uh the origins and stuff like this it can get muddy you can really mess up a good thing right and i thought they did such a good job and the whole i think it's like a one-two punch of that episode into the finale the fear no more the, the whole of fear and this kind of there's there's a deeper metaphor through every season i think of rick and morty and part of it is about like the ability to move on and the ability to like process all of this and like rick has actually had growth as a character with Rick is like a pretty quintessentially like chaotic evil character in a lot of ways. This is how I like think about things in the D&D terms. But there's been like evolution, like the number of times throughout this season that Rick says things like, I'm sorry, and recognizes his bad behavior. Like the closing of the Rick Prime story in the middle of the season, I think created an opportunity for that back half of episodes to like set us up for that finale and have a little bit more growth, another like evolution in the stage of rick that like clearly i think about this stuff way too much but like yes i love growth for my animated dysfunctional broken characters praise i don't know about you but yeah so so i mean this story i'm coming into a pretty fresh like i i mm -hmm. kind of knew that like a lot of this you know prime rick and evil morty i've definitely seen some evil morty stuff but i really had no notion of like what's going on to a degree so but i will say i think the show did an excellent job of making sure that this episode worked for me without needing um to know all the backstory stuff um yeah. there's enough like basically expositiony stuff throughout the, the episode that that lets me know you know basically yeah rick prime's gonna trying to kill all the all the ricks um and uh yeah evil morty's gonna stop them and etc cetera, etc cetera. like you know and the diana stuff was totally uh new for for me i maybe it's in there but i don't remember it if it's in season one or season two um but yeah i thought it was i thought it was really it's an effective episode but it's interesting because i don't hold it like to me coming back and watching season seven i almost put that on the same you know, I know it, it holds a little bit more weight, but it doesn't hold that much more weight for me. Not yeah. and so that's the big yeah. difference. I think it's like I'm not like, ooh, this is what I have to be like it's as much interesting to me as any other episode. There's really only one episode I absolutely just like don't like from this season, which we can talk ooh, about later. So but um yeah, I did like this one. I like I like Evil Morty, who's basically I like mean, Morty. Yeah. Yeah. This is the thing is you have this big canon that runs through and they make a big deal out of it. Like right. Rick and Morty is so meta and they talk about like, oh, this is a canon episode. So there's certainly like a contingent of the fan base for which like this was the reason to have season seven to get yeah. like this episode alone right. and get closure there. But I just love the way we got the 
insight from evil Morty at the end, Jeff. Yeah. Him being like, you don't use a machine like this to be left alone. What do you think? I want an army of summers like hunting me down because I'm going to kill you guys. Like, I'm out of here. Evil Morty having like transcended the negative feedback loop that these two yeah. trapped in was yeah. just like such a magnificent like um, stinger to the episode. And I think, again, like offers a bit of commentary about the way that we process trauma in our lives and how we hang up on these things that are driven by it. Like the, the closer on the episode, right. The, like, um, I don't know, whatever we want to close call them, the stingers in the post credits yeah. there of like, uh, what's his name's wife, slow Mobius's wife, like finding growth and yes. getting closure and all this stuff. It was like so powerful to me. It really moved me. Um, I don't know. I was taken by it. I loved it. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Evil Morty is is a really fun. Like, again, the, the best part about this show is because they're like every dimension has its own version of like Rick and Morty, right? Like we get to play around with that. We get the evil Morty. I love the, the move of putting the eye patch on regular Morty and <laughs> pretending yeah. to be a uh, regular mm -hmm. Morty. Uh, that part was really fun for me. I, I like that, you know, the, the massive super fans get their closure with the Rick Prime storyline. But I like that it was halfway through the season because it felt like this cloud kind of hanging over everything of like they need to wrap this up. Like there has to be this is like the big bad, if you will, like they need to wrap this part up. And I, I like the the boldness to wrap it up halfway through your season and not let it linger because I think you're right, Philly. Like, I, I don't remember from my original viewing of Rick and Morty, like, there being such an emphasis on, on Diane. Certainly there is now um, where, you know, once we find out that the reason that Rick came to this dimension was to, like, be able to spend time with his, like, wife and daughter, right? Like, that it was 
evil Rick, Rick Prime, that originally killed his wife and daughter with the whole, you know, um, in every dimension, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's so like absolutely brutal. Um, but that yeah, episode like, also has one of my favorite, just like straight up punchlines of the of the thing, which is where Slow Mobius is getting killed <laughs> and he slows down time, and it happens, and then Rick goes or Morty goes. Yeah, why did he do that? It just really slowed down the, the punishment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Slow> <laughs> Uncle Slow. Yeah. Uh, but no. yeah, I was happy to see that they wrapped that all up uh, early on because it, it didn't feel like necessary to have it linger. You know, like it's kind of like people have been waiting for this for long enough. Um, but trying to figure out how else we want to do this. Do we want to shout out some of our, I mean, there's only 10 episodes. Do we want to shout out some of our favorites and then we can maybe get into some of our least favorites? I don't know how else to really talk about this show because it's so different from episode to episode. <laughs> you two are driving the spaceship. I'm just here on your adventure, I, you know? Can I go backwards? Just I'll tell you the episode I really didn't like. Yeah, yeah. tell me. Which one is it? I, I do not. I did not like uh, Rise of the Numericons, the movie. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I yeah I, I you know it, there's some this is where it's like it's so cute on paper and then when it, you're actually doing it I'm like yeah I don't really care about any of this uh just like yeah I'm like okay yeah numbers and and letters and that makes they finally got ice tea on the show <laughs> I love it. the ice tea comeback this is like ice okay. tea has been there before that version of ice tea and him becoming water tea I can't lie I kind one of, of remember my, like, that, favorite but, episodes yeah. of the season like unquestionably because the rise of the so, Americans yes un oh, wow. without a down it's just so stupid and ridiculously bad and i'm like finding myself invested in it halfway through See? the whole thing of like the villain reveals and like ice tea becoming water tea becoming magma tea the growth everything and it's a rickless episode which well, i think is very yeah. pointed that you two don't like it and i was really struck by like this is bold like to take rick out of the equation like rick is the like uh unequivocal w every episode like rick's gonna do fun stuff and create problems and so i i thought it was um pretty bold of them to like go without it and just so over yeah. the top that it got me my biggest problem with it was the fact that it didn't have rick and not the fact that it like, didn't have rick but like it seemed like they replaced him with mr goldenfold so i'm like <laughs> what are you doing here why are you here um matter you don't like math jess oh god actually no i really don't um i did think like it did feel like a Rick and Morty episode, right? It it did feel like, but it, like only Rick and Morty could do an episode like this where you have numbers versus letters and like all the puns. The puns were funny. The puns did get me. I did like the heel turn of like uh, S is secretly an eight or whatever that was. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was kind of too cute by half is what I would say. Like it was like a little too cute. So it certainly wasn't one of my favorites. Um, one of the other ones that like I I wasn't super uh driving with, and it probably is because I've never seen the movie that it references the entire time was episode seven, wet quat Amer Quato. You don't know the Quato, Jess. I've never oh seen Total Recall. I had Quato. no idea what was happening. Yeah, I kind of I kind of love Quato. I love Morty just being open your mind. Open your <laughs> mind. Open your mind. So uh, I love 1989, it. I think maybe 88 is the original Total Recall, which is like an adaptation of a really classic sci-fi story. Um, it, it, I love it. And I went and saw this theater, this in theaters with my mom's boyfriend, which is wildly inappropriate for me as an eight-year-old. So this is like a formative movie for me. I've seen it a thousand times. And like uh, the, the 
the idea that they reference Quacho earlier in the season. There's a whole like, oh, you got a Quacho? Yeah, <laughs> and, right. and like that we came back to do a whole Quacho episode that while it's referencing Total Recall, it's also obviously playing off Wet Hot American Summer. Like yeah. I loved it so freaking much. I, I, I honestly don't think I did love it as much as Rise of the Numericons because it felt a little predictable to me in terms of like, yeah, this is what a Rick and Morty episode would do. Like I should have mm -hmm. seen this coming, but um, yeah, you got to love a Quattro, man. I believe that's also Glenn Powell who plays the, like uh, the, the, the douche who's like selling everybody, like luring them all in to, to then uh, sell the Kenneth, who is definitely not Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No, not, not Jesus. No, not that the guy in the bar who's like more of the goon than, than the Jesus. Of just guy. the pretty face. Yeah. yeah, that, guy. yeah that's, <laughs> that was Glenn Powell. Um, yeah. I liked it. I, I liked that episode. I don't know. It, you know, I'm, I've seen so much less Rick and Morty than, than the two of you. So it's like the stuff that might not work for you or feels a little bit like, you know, now oh, we've been here, we've done it. I can see what they're, what they're going to do. Uh, I don't, that doesn't have that effect on me. So I like, I liked mm -hmm. the that one. Yeah. Yeah. I just didn't get the reference I think. And so that hindered my ability to, to love it. Um, but Philly, do you have any that like didn't work for you or were lower on your list in terms of your enjoyment level? Honestly, I saw a lot of people really didn't like episode one, how Poopy got his poop back. And uh, I, <laughs> I just was like, poop so much, but the whole inclusion, I did, I think this is probably my least favorite episode of the season. Like to hang that much weight on Mr. Poopy butthole with a new voice was like kind of rough. And this Mr. Booby Butthole, like, he's a little guy. He can only carry so much weight to begin with, right? But the <laughs> Hugh Jackman element of it, like, again, uh -huh. it's the epitome to me of, like, when Rick and Morty is being mindlessly stupid, okay? And I generally roll my eyes at this kind of stuff. I'm such an elitist jerk. I think I'm really pretentious and high-minded. And I'm like, ah. Oh. But when Hugh Jackman is like, I've got to go take a huge Jackman. And I'm, like, <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. I'm just, like, stent. The whole portrayal of Hugh Jackman with the neighbor, they're out at the club, squanching, the going through like the whole thing, you know, the like the montage at the end, the music with like the 80 sunset of like, oh, yeah, Mr. Gearhead and a talking cat and bird person. Like I, it did get me at the end. I, I liked it enough, it, but it's probably my least yeah. favorite of the season. I think it has a pretty it has maybe my favorite post credit scene. Which I is, was going to say this. Go ahead, when, go they take, when they take Gene off the riding lawnmower and at the end it's like the lawnmower is wreaking havoc and the cop like shoots it and it runs him over and then it runs out of gas like wow if he only backed up five feet that's like the end so good it was so stupidly funny, especially considering, listen, if you have like a, a tractor mower, we all know they're built in with the really stupid, but obviously necessary safety feature. If oh, you no, get I up when you're mowing real quick, oh, my dad disabled his, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they do it. So you can't back up with the mower on. So you can't get off the seat with the blades on. Anyway, it was incredible. It was so funny. I loved that post credit scene. It really yeah. cracked me up. Do you think I, I kind of agree with you that I think in, in retrospect, it's like it's probably like I, I again i really don't like the americans one this is probably lower down for me i think though because i binged it it's almost like the first episode being that one i was like oh okay and then i like moved on and, like, watched... quickly moving on to something else yeah because because yeah. you talked about like there's an episode basically like the one that's the numerica one being no rick this is basically no morty um 
right? Basically, right? He's not really in it. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, he's not really in yeah. it. Yeah, so it's like I came back to watch Rick and Morty and I like start off and I'm like, it's fine. Oh, jeez, like, where's Morty? Oh, man, where'd he go? And there's enough here that I like thought it was, it, it, it's funny. It's so funny how like some cultural reference stuff works for me and others don't, even in a show that's outlandish as this. Like Hugh Jackman did work for me. The Predator like didn't work for me. Like, and it's just like, it's basically the same. It's pretty much the same thing. Like, why I care, but it's like, I don't know, one hit more than the other. I thought Hugh Jackman was much funnier than, like, the Predator being who's in the... Although, I will say, when they're like, okay, cover yourself in mud. It's, it's like, okay, <laughs> yeah, all right, yeah, yeah. All right fine. Do the mud thing. Do the mud thing. Yeah. Do the mud thing. Yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah, so I liked it, maybe. I yeah, really yeah. was happy to see Mr. Booby Butthole um, murder himself and plant himself back into a new family by the end. That was, like, a good closing of the loop for his mm-hmm. story. Um, I, I really... I, I was into Air Force Wong. I don't... I'm usually, like, up and down with the Rick and the President stuff. But the yeah. President, like, macking on the therapist and, like, needing... The adoration of everybody and i love unity so much just as a concept so good <laughs> i was so happy to have her back and this is the only time correct me if i'm wrong Philly. this is the first time we've ever had her yeah. back since her first appearance yeah so. virginia is for lovers like taking that slogan and then using it yeah. to be mind control is very funny i fell into the whole trap of, of being like wait is that susan sarandon and then like oh yeah it's been addressed like it's an asian character they made a podcast about it they address it like it's fine she's still voicing the voice um yeah the president stuff was fine for well for do you me. know who the voice of the president is grace i'm curious yeah it's um him. i do know he, he wasn't he on community he's on, yeah he he's, was elroy potashnik uh, he's fantastic yeah yeah i mean so anytime i hear him it's just so much. I'm like, some of them are not as good as others, but like the, the idea that Rick and the president have this like total frenemies relationship, like it yeah. sends me, you know? Yeah. I love, and I love the idea of like, in order you have to like vomit into people's mouths, to, like yeah. <laughs> be yeah. a part of the hive mind. To give me mother, so I need it. He says, <laughs> yes. no. it's so funny. Um, but yeah, let's transition into some that kind of, we, we liked a little more. I'm going to throw out one, not my favorite. I feel like we might all have the same favorite episode. Cause it seems to me like, a high watermark of the series but um just to throw out one that i really enjoyed that i maybe more middling overall for most people i really like season seven episode six uh rick fending your mort which oh, is yeah. the one where there's like this rock or gem i love that i love that, that like thing. and it's it's basically the a community yeah. um dan Harmon loves to do a clip show that's not a clip show like it's it's you get to see things that you've never seen before but it's like they're it's like looks like it's a clip show um i loved this i thought this was hilarious i love the idea of like morty getting tabulating all his adventures to be able to get to do pick what they get to do and rick being like i don't believe you <laughs> yeah <laughs> an audit and 70 cents on the dollar like it's yeah. all very funny yeah. it was so yeah. especially when the rock is like all pissed off when he gets to see it's really funny. I mean, the whole callback to the punch card is from an earlier season. I feel yeah. like season four, maybe season five. And so the return to that's fantastic. We're playing off like, uh, you know, the, the watchers and Marvel, and this whole thing of like the observers. I just loved it so much. I'm like, dude, you're a dick. And then the classic Morty where like he kills the guy and feels really terrible about it. Like, yep. I, didn't know, I didn't know they could die. Like, it's also good. Rick with like the extra arm that we just don't even like talk yeah. about as he faces yeah. into the attack. Um, the whole, I mean, this is a rick and morty like um you know constant it's happened a couple of times where we get these harm and clip shows of clips we've never seen and yeah. they use it so powerfully to like broaden the world a little bit you know and well, the montages amongst rick and morty are like just some of the best on tv like right underneath better call Saul, right and and yeah there were a couple here through the clip thing that i loved you know yeah and i also think like it's such an intelligent way 
to be like, okay, what sticky notes do we have of like silly bits or ideas we yeah. want to do, but yeah. aren't going to be able to complete a whole episode? Like they're not big enough or deep enough to stretch out for a whole episode. We have these little clip shows that we can pretend it's a clip show. It's not really. And we have these teeny, teeny, tiny bits in there. Like the one <laughs> Summer and Beth. And I love how the, the Observer brings in everybody. Everybody yeah, gets yeah, involved. Yeah. Summer's and like, I just was upstairs. <laughs> I don't deserve this. Summer overhears Beth like getting wine out of the toilet. <laughs> it was so good. It's such an intelligent way to utilize bits that won't be able to complete a whole episode. Okay, so this was my first feeling of like, oh, that's a thing that I'm excited to watch more Rick and Morty to wait for the episode where we get the full episode on it, which is which is Churi, right? With the the churro, <laughs> right? Came to life. And he didn't know how to. He didn't know how to put it. They, he's like, no, it can't actually be not alive now, and so they drop it off somewhere, and now the churro is haunting him. And we get in the post credit scene of like him thinking a churro is on the the guy eats it, and then he opens the door and says mm-hmm. soon. So I met my thought is like that's that's them being like, yeah, there'll oh, be another episode sure. someday on Churi the churro. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they love to circle back on this nonsense. I mean, we've gotten a deep dive on like the gear wars, bird person, body, the whole like they they love a setup and a return, mm-hmm. you know. Um, very they good. Did, they did do a good job, even like setting up that mid season Rick Prime thing and those whole first episodes of like Unity like was showing up because like I heard you're hunting that guy again. <laughs> um it's it's they do a really good job like setting up the future episodes without like demanding that that that's a big part of each individual episode as we're getting there you know yeah and there was another episode too that i feel like is kind of for me at least philly feels like the epitome of why someone would enjoy rick and morty and it was season seven episode four that's a morte where there's another planet where if someone dies by suicide their insides taste like spaghetti And it's this whole, like, moral quandary of, like, oh, if you know about it, are you, like, supposed to do anything about it? And then this whole society is thriving off of people's insides being spaghetti. This was, like, a a perfect example of a Rick and Morty episode because it's absolutely outlandish and ridiculous. But it also is, like, a good commentary on our society. (laughs) This is one of these episodes. all the time, yeah. Yeah, I Sorry, mean, go really true. Yeah. This is one of those episodes that just like I started watching it. It was like, okay, this is maybe a bit dumb for me. But by the end of it, I'm sold. Like I really mm-hmm. was like sent on the whole thing. We do the we get like so far into it. And I think it plays a little bit off one of the ideas that we get uh to- like in the end, in the finale of like Morty, like you're so dumb, you're able to be happy. Like it, it feels to me like a Dan Harmon belief, like a mandate, a worldview that he's presented many times in his works. This idea and it's not an original thought necessarily that like the more intelligent you are, the more like morbidly fixated you are on like understanding things. Right. And that just so perfectly like crystallized this idea and the whole thing, it just, it's just like purely ridiculous. Right. But it also is a really pointed commentary on like the meat industry and all of it. Grace, like, I don't know. It got me by the end. I liked it. And it seemed to be pretty beloved by the fan base too. Folks really loved the spaghetti episode. Yeah, I mean, the ending, too, is them, like, eating a Salisbury steak, right? And it's just, like, they laugh and then... Okay, like, do you want to know where on. it came from? <laughs> no! Really yeah, and it's... Horrible. I'm telling you! <laughs> and it's, like, you know, the only way for us to, like, you know, people who 
believe that like the system is broken, but we still participate in the system all the time and just have to be like, yeah, okay, yeah, there's this stuff going on, but I got to not worry about it today because, uh, you know, got to work my nine to five or whatever. You yeah. Know? It's like, so, I'll eat meat, but don't show me how it happens. Yeah. I don't want to know how it happens. 100%. It's like, it's very much that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's been the deal for 200 years. It's the sausage factory, right? Uh, it really yeah. was like pointed and very funny. And the whole like uh, furious capitalism of this like uh, other planet leading to like their ultimate dream, it was really pointed. You know, mm -hmm. I love it. Um, again, like the montage at the end of the guy, of the last guy who's able to kill himself on the planet. We do the whole thing. It was a callback kind of to like Roy almost. I don't know if you saw that one, Grace, where like uh, Rick plays the game Roy and they're going wild. Like he took Roy off the charts. He doesn't have a social so. security card with Roy. Um, yeah. That's like one of my favorite episodes. Jesse, this felt like that. The montage of this guy's life at the end and like the star-crossed lovers and like the, the happiness of all of it. Like it's so tragic and sad, mm -hmm. but optimistic at the same time and like inspiring. I, I loved it. That's really, it set the hook. It's a good one. So we basically yeah. talked about each episode, Jess. I feel like there's, uh, I I did like uh, basically the only ones we haven't talked about the Jarek trap. Um, I'm gonna, th I think what you were implying was that we all like the finale, but maybe we'll 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 see. Um, mm -hmm. I like the Jarek trap. I I like Jerry a lot as a character. It's just like the dad who's like, you know, sort of like classic sitcom dad, but also like, yeah, this is wild. Everything that's, <laughs> that's happening, <laughs> and when their brains get swapped, but then they don't like. There's part of each other in them, and they become like best buds is i thought it was pretty fun i thought it was good um interesting that they like yeah the first one is about mr poop butthole and then the second one is like a, a rick and jerry episode like it takes us a while to get to get morty, morty yeah to get back that's the why maybe that's why this one wasn't one of my favorites is i love rick and jerry's interplay but i like it when they're themselves and so like i guess listen i'm like i know in like the new age people don't like labels and they like to like like flit around willy-nilly I like my Rick to be Rick and my Jerry to be Jerry or my Rick can be Jerry and my Jerry can be Rick. But when it was like so mixed up that they were both each other simultaneously as they were both themselves, my brain almost exploded. I was so confused. <laughs> and so like maybe that's why this episode wasn't for me. Um, but it, it, it wasn't one of my favorites. I did enjoy their new hairstyles, though. I thought that was funny. <laughs> it's definitely not one of my favorites either. Like, I, I, you know, there are episodes like Pickle Rick that, like, I really don't love yeah. that much that I know are so widely beloved. Pickle like, Rick! Uh, Billy, don't like, love Pickle Rick! I know, I know. Don't come for my wigs. I know you guys love Pickle Rick. I'm sorry. Uh, but this one didn't do it for me as much either. Like, I think that so much of the show hinges obviously on the conflict, and, like, I'm talking about the interpersonal conflict, not necessarily, like, Crombop Michael and the interstellar like conflicts happening here. It's like the conflict in the house with the family. This is the heart and soul of the show and drives so much of the like comedy and the drama and the energy. And so the like Rick and Jerry like becoming bros and then having to separate like, well, we're going to like both be dicks to each other again, but like we really like each other. It just, it rang a little hollow for me perhaps it's probably yeah. going through the metrics here but it's probably my least favorite of the season i really loved episode nine of mort ragnarik like this is this one got me really good i don't know how combining you the vike the valhalla the vikings of it all with and like bigfoot the Pope has all these monsters at his disposal. <laughs> really funny. <laughs> yeah, Bigfoot becoming smarter. Like, it's great. Feral Rick becoming mm -hmm. the Pope. Like, there's just, yeah. there was so much stuff that I I'm loved. I'm Odin. It's, it's, it's a test. You know, it's great. I liked it. It was, it was a good one. It definitely the, was a good one. 
the ending when they like put the, and he's like, I know, I know someone's going to make the joke. Popey, Popey ball. If I don't make it, somebody else will like, it's basically like <laughs> we don't really want to make the joke, but we know people will be like, ah, oh, Popey ball. So we got to do it. So it's here. I thought it was funny. And then Morty says, I was going to, I was going to make the joke. I was going to make the joke. All right. Um, the thing was just, oh, yeah, the Bigfoot thing was too hilarious. I know, the Bigfoot I know. like yeah. baiting him in and praying on the body. <laughs> I really, I love when they do stuff like this. Uh, but for sure, the finale is my favorite episode. No question. It has to be right. Like it's, it's one of those episodes that when you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is genius. I, I see what they're doing here. And then you think you have it and then you don't. And then you, they're just like, nope, I'm going to trick you. I'm gonna trick you again. And I just, I fell for it every time. I'm like, Morty, I'm like, oh, geez. Like, just every time I'm falling for this joke of like, uh, I mean, obviously everyone probably has seen it, but basically there's this, there's this hole in Denny's. Of course it's at a Denny's. And <laughs> it's like the fear hole. And it's gonna show your worst fear if you jump into it. But if you get out, and you conquer your fear, you get your picture on the corkboard. And I love that it's it's been there since like I forget when they said it was been there. Since, but it's, like, it's been here since VHS tapes, and there's only right. three people on the there's wall. Only three people. And so of course Morty jumps in, and we see Rick jump in after him. So we think this entire time they're kind of fighting battles together. And this is where Grace, we get like so much about Diane and like uh, Rick's history with her, and like we see him kind of like re-falling in love with a, a version of her mm -hmm. um and so i i was hoodwinked i don't know about you grace i was hoodwinked immediately and i'm like oh this is like really tough for rick to get over you know yeah i didn't see it coming and then i i love the explanation of why they can't both go in the hole it's like yeah well if my worst fear is water and yours is fire then you know yeah like, yeah Ooh, right done <laughs> it's like okay uh and i yeah so what i really liked about this episode is you know it uh i was just talking about a show this week that that had a a pretty long dream sequence and i feel like to an extent this is you know similar in the sense that it tells us you know I, there is a reason why dream sequences after they became like so like you know tropey but there's a reason why they work in which like you can manifest your self-conscious uh you know on the on the television screen on the movie screen and so use, yeah. like book techniques right like you can get like a measure of exploration of an internal psyche that you just can't uh, externally with the character yeah yeah so it worked for me so the ultimate thing being like oh i'm actually worried that like you know, you'll leave me. You don't care about me. Um, I thought was like incredibly sweet and tender and he like yeah. you know, hugs him and it's so cute. And yeah. I and then, and then Rick, more Rick, sorry, having the moment of like, Oh, I could go in there and like see Diane and he chooses not to. And he puts uh, Morty's picture up. It's so sweet. Growth. It really is. It's very sweet. There, there's such like depth to it. Right. Because I think that like, um, I don't know. There's a lot of dumb stuff happening in this episode, like very traditionally. But I do think that there's like a really powerful metaphor here about depression and the idea of like, you don't know if you're out of the hole. You don't know yeah. if you're good. You can never really yeah. know that you're going to be all good. And the whole thing of like happiness is a trap. Like, yes, it is all fleeting. It's going to run through your fingers like sand. But that doesn't mean that you can't like grab it while you're here. And as somebody that like, you know, uh, like hones to a show like this because of like my struggles with the excess existential dread of the world it just like hit me square in all the feels while also being like ridiculously funny and irreverent like all the rick and morty things you know it's playing with yeah. the canon it's deepening like the mythology of their world their characters their relationship with each other like rick's choice to like help morty there at the end and put his picture up and like honor him in that way but ultimately it's like a really pointed commentary about the struggle of us today as we're like trying to fight yeah. through what's going to be another year in 2020 24, you know yeah i totally agree with you philly like the the idea that 
being unable to escape the hole is slowly sucking the life out of you is like gosh if that's not a metaphor for depression you know like you don't necessarily know when you're going to be able to get out of it if you're going to be able to get out of it it feels like it is sucking your life force away and you're just swimming in the darkness like literal darkness you know what i mean it's five o'clock p.m there's no light outside right now that is the darkness of the winter you know (laughs) and i loved it and it was and i love that the the way morty realizes that he is not out of the hole is when when Rick says that Morty is irreplaceable. And he's like, you would actually never say that. Like, there's no way you'd ever say that in real life. And that's when he finally has this realization. But um, I, I love that his his biggest fear, that Morty's biggest fear is Rick leaving him. Because that's a storyline like we've visited on the show a lot. Oh, yeah. Is, is Rick leaving? And will he leave? The, there are times where he does leave. Whether or not it's for well-intentioned reasons, uh, he leaves. And it makes sense to me that Morty's fear would be Rick leaving, but it also made sense to me that within Morty's own fears, Diane comes up because I mean, let's face it at this point, Grace, like Morty knows Rick very, very, very well. Mm -hmm. So I think that like him being able to kind of manifest that in his mind made a lot of sense to me. And I love that we got to see, you know, this is like a rarity on this show that we hear a ton about Diane at all, but to get a manifestation of her, and see her and Rick and maybe little glimpses into what their relationship might have been like. Um, I absolutely adored it. And that the moment at the end is Rick not, he doesn't leave. He doesn't go into the hole with this idea that like there's some version of Diane that he could figure out how to take out. He just puts yeah. his picture up and he leaves. So it's incredibly sweet. I also, you know, the line of him being like, you're irreplaceable. And he's like, wait, you're not the real Rick. As like coming from a family that was like for a really long time, like, didn't say i love you but we say you know um over the holiday break my mom and i both like got annoyed with each other because i bought like because if you're watching on video behind me i wanted stuff for behind my desk we went christmas shopping because christmas shopping stuff was half off i bought some stuff and then my mom said you know what you know we're back home like you'll be really good is to have you know something else there and i said yeah this but like you know i got everything i need i spent i spent too much money today anyway i like go to watch an episode probably of Rick and Morty and I come home and I was like, so I snuck out and I got the thing. And that's like my mom, like we also will say, I love you, but that's like also what we do all the time. And then we were at the store one day and she was looking at the stuff and she was like, yeah, I don't know. It's maybe a little bit more than I want to spend. So then of course, when I was going home, I like snuck back to see if they had it. I bought it. I went back and delivered it back to her house. And she was like, you shouldn't have done that. But that's like, that was like for a lot. That's like how we, you know, because we didn't say it. It's like our love language is like gift giving, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, yeah, it's like, yeah, you wouldn't say you're irreplaceable, but like, you know, I'll give you a little hug, you know, or I'll buy you a gift, you know. So that like really resonated with me. It's on well, point, you know? and I think that it works in like two ways. Again, just like the layers. This is really where I get my most satisfaction out of the show because I think it's like rarely ever doing just one thing, and mm-hmm. it's really noble that Rick goes back and hangs Morty's picture up, but it's also really notable that he's not going to go in the hole and confront his own fear. Right. Like that's yeah. part of it. His fear is in that hole. And and that's like, not what Rick does is like deal with his problems. You know? Um, I don't know. I, I just loved it so much. The exploration of Diane and like the use of the whole like metaphor, again, the idea that like there comes a point with like depression, you just have to like keep moving forward. And like, whether you think you're in the hole or you don't know, or you feel like you're out of it, you got to leave it behind you and like put, 
push on into your life at a certain point. And like, that's the best that we can do. Um, it really worked. And the Diane stuff is just fascinating to me because I wonder what they'll do with her going forward. Like we've done so much stuff with the multiversal characters. I don't know if it's like a point of confusion for you at all, Grace, but like there's two Beths, like there's two moms walking around and one of them is like in the badass Mad Max gear. You know, um, there's like so many different iterations of like in a multiversal story, like, yeah, we killed her at every dimension, but did we really, can we ever say always or never in Rick and Morty? Like, I don't think so. Right. There's yeah. always like these exceptions to the rule. So I think it provokes interesting questions as like where we go from here and was just an incredibly strong end to a season that was like a bit controversial and um, had like mixed reviews because of the cast changing. And I think just some of the shift in the storytelling that we've gotten since the early seasons. Right. Mm hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I mean, I overall, I think I enjoyed this season. Like there, to me, there weren't, there were more episodes I enjoyed or really mm -hmm. loved versus episodes where I was like, eh, that didn't necessarily work for me. And to be honest, you could say that about like almost every season of Rick and Morty. Sure like, can, you know yeah. what I mean? Like there's always going to be some duds in there because they, they're bold and I'd rather they be bold and maybe miss occasionally. So I, I really enjoyed this season. I don't think the, the voice changing, you know, the, the new cast members to me, that didn't affect my enjoyment at all. Um, but should we get into some of our superlatives? Let's Might be a little tricky. I think we've already talked about the best episode. I feel like we're kind of all on the same page that the finale is probably the best episode. Um, do we want to do we we usually instead try to lean on best scene, which also can be kind of tricky in the show. I feel like as well. Um, but maybe we can even do like a, a best post credits scene because those are stand out and they're really fun as well. Well, I think um, my favorite scene is is the end. So uh, kind of worked with best episode, which is like, yeah, when he's like, it's, you know, the, they hugs him. He realizes it's not him. He gets out of the hole, hugs him. And then Rick puts his uh, puts his picture up. I think it's my favorite mm -hmm. scene for sure. Yeah. Um, my favorite post-credit scene is probably, sorry, uh, is, is, uh, is, is probably the, the runaway lawnmower. Yeah, he <laughs> I, got like, his poop back. Yeah. Yeah. Just because, like, it really stood out to me, I really loved when they were throwing cans and trying to run off Bigfoot after he got his human body. I think oh, that that's was, like, very funny, scene, right? And he's like, "I'm not an animal." <laughs> I think that's I just the last get a job. Scene. I think, I think the last, like, the last one is the is like a Pokemon fight uh, where like the Pope, the Pope is Rick Feral. Rick is the new Pope. Oh yeah, like yes. shut down the like cockfighting bit, the underground fighting. Yeah. but yeah, when they're like, stop throwing things at me, and they throw you guys are being weird, you know, and they're both like crying, throwing stuff from the spaceship. Like that really sent me. I loved it, but I guess it wasn't a post credit scene. Yet. But it's okay. It's a very good, very good scene. Yeah, yeah. one of my other uh, favorite post credit scenes is from That's Amore, where we have like sentient vacuum cleaners yes. watching like vacuum bags are coming from like plant creatures and yeah. they all just like vomit like dust yeah. everywhere and that i mean again like it's a hat on a hat on a hat but like who, who cares you know i like I, I like mr stabby being interviewed about, about <laughs> how many people <laughs> this like, yes. you know this, it's another like it's so quick here but it's a commentary on like we watch all of the we'd watch, you know, I'm tonight going to go to a pro wrestling show. I know that pro wrestling like ruins the bodies of the people that I'm like going to watch and go see, but nevertheless, I'm going. And it's like, you know, they know the danger of coming to the show. It's like 58,000 people have died. He's like, well, you know, they signed up. They so <laughs> <laughs> everyone's talking, everyone's talking about it. I think he says. 
so stupidly funny. Uh -huh. yeah. Um, do we have a, a best character, favorite character from this season? Could it be not Rick or Morty? I mean, like, I mean, it feels like yeah. Let's do not Rick or Morty because it's a little more fun that way. I think Bigfoot. I think Bigfoot's my favorite character from the season. It's so funny. He was pretty great. You know? Yeah, the way they like, yeah, they smarten him up. Uh, it's great. Yeah, I love it. My quiet favorite character of Rick and Morty has shockingly become Summer. I just think that she's yeah. so fantastic. But when you get like good Summer episodes, they're some of my absolute favorite episodes of the show. Mm -hmm. So my like slight disappointment with season seven is like not enough Summer, man. I liked like Summer like getting in the mix a little bit more and being on the adventures with them. I think that my like my takeaway though for favorite character just because i know you guys won't love it it's got to be water tea or iced tea or magma tea however you want to break it down with an honorable <laughs> mention for hugh jackman uh. yeah yeah it was gonna similarly uh, uh philly i love beth and i feel like she didn't have a ton no. to do um and i was a little disappointed because i i really love beth um but i can't pick her she really didn't have as much to do this season i miss um, both deaths i really did like we yeah. had them there but not really i like they're they're quietly amazing characters yeah 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 they're not as they're not as present uh this season gosh um it's so hard to pick but i'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go with I like the the observer in that one episode. <laughs> the idea of like him being sent away and paid, and then being such a sass basket and being on the sidewalk and being like, "This is public property." Like just and, like reading everyone for Phil. The the, the <laughs> read where they leave the room and decide that they will like fly to him to send him yes. back, and they walk in and they watch the clip of them talking. He's like, "Yeah, really should have seen that coming." It's like that's <laughs> simple, but it's yeah. so funny. It was like the best side character for me. He was pretty good from the sidewalk this is public property bro uh, <laughs> really the way they would all like they're so sanctimonious those characters like every one of the rock creatures like every time something like rick would reveal something he's like well we didn't we don't even know and then it would <laughs> fan out and there's like somebody watching them drown it's like well he had to observe there's another one like watching the person drown it's like he yeah them. like it was all pretty good yeah. it was really funny the observer was great uh best death it's like there's so much death in this show. Just prime Rick though. Prime Rick gets like just like beat to death. Well, my only other option was was honestly going to be the um who's the Slowmobius. Oh yeah, that's definitely way longer. It's so to stupidly funny. It's so stupidly funny. Um, but again, and then, even like it's so dumb, but the whole like slow Mobius like post credit scene with his wife, like that's yeah. so pointed about like Rick's whole mm -hmm. story and like moving on her quest for revenge, like metamorphosizing into love. Like it's really great, but the slow Mobius death wins for sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then we usually also do Philly. We do like our own superlative. So for this show, Grace, what I had in mind was show that makes me feel simultaneously so smart but also so stupid. <laughs> yeah, very good. Uh, maybe show that will make me question whether or not I should eat spaghetti. Uh, I don't know where it comes meat from. in general. I just don't know. I don't know. No, I'm fine with meat. I didn't say anything about meat. Just spaghetti. <laughs> Might be for people who committed suicide. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I guess I would have to say uh, show that most helps me reconcile all of my internal dread while making me feel good. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. I love doing our own little superlatives. So fun. Uh, and then we also rank our themes or tier list. I should say, I should stop saying ranking tier list are theme songs that we've covered so far. And I will say I watched a lot of Rick and Morty recently I don't really skip the theme song. I, it's unskippable for me. I, I adore it. 
Yeah, the part that sucks is I think Fellow Travelers was so good, but I had to put it in pretty good. And so yeah, I do agree that this one is should be an unskippable. It's pretty classic. It's cla- it's re- like I it's can memorable. hear it in my head right now. It. Yeah, it's really good. It fits the tone of the show, like you know what you're getting because it's all weird and whatever. So it's it should definitely go in unskippable, and it probably is better than Scott Pilgrim takes off. I think. I think it is, but that's it's it's difficult because this has so many seasons too. Do so you have any like, hot takes that you know? are like, oh, it's actually the theme song's actually bad? I just want to. No, I think the theme song pointedly like pulls you back. I'm like of the '80s, and it's that Saturday morning cartoon energy, right? Really? Like you feel yes. like. And I don't know if we have we're connecting the actual like opening credit sequence with the song, yeah. or if it's just auditory. I think the opening credit sequence is like electric, and if you're watching season to season, like there's all these great little scenes that you yeah. can call back to, and that yes. are like setting up and then ones that like don't even exist in the show like there's a lot of good yes. stuff there i don't necessarily think it's s tier like if we're calling like succession yeah. an s tier intro song i think like rick and morty is probably a tier like it's but it's right there it's not quite like succession you, you do well. kind of have to it's basically like only shows that we'll cover on this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> so I think it's I'm calling it S tier, right? Yeah. Uh, we're yeah. going for it. If it's not like yeah. competing against Nicholas Bertel, let's give it S. No, no, yeah. yeah. No, I think yeah. it's unskippable, especially like to your point, Philly, when it's paired with sometimes you see these images in an episode, sometimes you don't. And that's kind of just the way it is. And like, it's so memorable. I think they, I read somewhere that they kind of like, jokingly made it kind of sound like doctor who which i also think is a really memorable intro because it's like again okay (laughs) there's something about a theme song where you can sing it using like random mouth sounds you know what i mean and this is like yeah exactly (laughs) and that's why i love it it's so singable even though there aren't words (laughs) so yeah i think we're gonna we're gonna put this in unskippable all the way at the tippity tippity top rick and morty uh well just i mean we could do rick and Morty. i'll put in parentheses season seven because like they have the same theme song but different images every episode true or season i should say certainly um, the show we watched that we there was the most stuff that came before it that we we hadn't covered so it's kind of fun. it was good but this is like the perfect show for full spoiler recaps we're like we've never done a recap on it feels like yeah it's weird to jump in and i don't think it needs episodic we yeah. basically did episodic coverage here. We ended up like talking about every single episode, <laughs> basically. Yeah, but they're uh, like 20 uh, minutes each, so you uh, know. Uh, um, but next week, we also were going to be covering a show that already had one season existing before we're jumping in, and yeah. it is Julia, which is on Max. Uh, season two is what we are covering. The first season is eight episodes, the second season is also eight episodes. They're a about i want to say 40 to 60 minutes each i started watching um basically it is a show all about uh julia child and how like her kind of rise to fame uh on her cooking show in the 60s uh sarah lancashire i'm so sorry yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, thank Mm -hmm. you i was like i don't know if i'm pronouncing that correctly um is a place julia child she i mean like she like perfectly perfectly cast uh and david hyde pierce plays paul child who is uh, her husband on the show Shout out um, to the folks in the Discord who recommended that we do this one. So yeah. we will take your feedback. And I'm enjoying it so far. So we're going to watch. I'm going to watch season remember. one and then we'll, do, we'll cover season two. Yeah. Don't crowd yep. the mushrooms. That's yeah. uh, you know, most important. <laughs> her voice is just so soothing. Something it's about her voice is 
so great. Uh, and we love a tall queen. Uh, so we're going to check that show out. You should too. That'll be next week. Again, it's on Max if you if you want to watch it. Of course, don't forget to subscribe. Pusherrecaps.com slash full spoiler recaps or pusherrecaps.com slash subscribe if you want to see everything we're up to if you want to be a patron. And hey, we also have a form in our, in our little our little show notes if you want to suggest a show that we watch and cover uh patreon.com slash post show recaps is where you can become a patron go on our discord chit chat with us about the shows you're watching and uh and yeah philly thank you so much for coming on and chatting with us about rick and morty thank you guys so much for inviting me uh, i really i do love this show so much if it's not apparent and so it's very fun to be able to uh, pontificate it about a little bit season seven was really fun uh my final note that i meant to like say early on but like let's let us not forget friends uh rick sanchez is not a hero we should not yeah. hero worship rick no, no. <laughs> very character for us to hang out with every week uh yeah but thank you for having me uh, Philly, where can people find you? What else you got going on? I'm at DM Philly and all the places. You can go hit me up on Twitch. You can go find it on YouTube for a bunch of me uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons with my friends, both of you included on those places. I'll be talking about some TV over here at PSR, but go give me a follow. Pay attention to what's going on and I will turn back up soon, I'm sure. There you go. Grace, what about you? Uh, Fargo, covering it with Mike Bloom and LaTanya. We wrapped up our crown coverage, Shannon Gus and I. Uh, that was really fun. Uh, the Curse with Dr. Amanda, one of the best shows on TV at the moment. Um, movies each week with Ariel. This week we did a sort of like, what did we miss? And we also counted down the top 10 movies according to the listeners. And yeah, more full spoiler recaps in the future. Yeah, I'm on Twitter at uh, Hi from Grace. Yeah. You can find me at the Just Sterling. Uh, every week I'm here with Grace doing full spoiler recaps. And then because the trailer drops today, I can also announce that uh, Grace and I are both part of the team that's going to be covering True Detective Season 4, Night Country, coming up on HBO. So definitely check out all the coverage we'll have on that. And you could also hear me on Shit 90 Shows Taught Me, talking Felicity, talking 90s content with my co-host Sarah Ferguson. And, uh, and yeah, that's about all we have. So until next week, You've been fully spoiled. And you've been fully recapped. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chumpacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chumpacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply with Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 